Welcome to the Council of Coaches podcast, where fitness professionals from around the world talk clients, marketing, technique, and generally just have some fun. Okay, everyone, welcome to another episode of Council of Coaches. We have a really fun topic for you guys this week. So I want to welcome back Fred to the podcast. Fred has been busy the last couple of weeks, but he is back with us. Say hi, Fred. Hello, hello. Good to be back. Awesome. Hey, Fred. And we have Daniel in New York City. Hello. Awesome. And as always, I am Lindsay here in the Midwestern U.S. in Indiana. So today we are going to talk about hypertrophy or for those that feel like that's a $20 word, uh, building muscle, uh, specifically to look bigger. So hypertrophy, meaning you want to look like you lift weights. So well, Fred was the one. Let's, let's not say that because hypertrophy, getting, getting some hypertrophy going is a good way to build strength as well in the long run. Absolutely. So Fred, you suggested this topic this week. So yeah, do you want to kick it off and, and share some of your initial thoughts? Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, it's good to be back. Um, I, uh, yeah, I'd love to talk about hypertrophy. Um, and specifically what I started talking about was um, hypertrophy versus building strength. So there's a lot of people who are looking to do both of those things. And certainly a very high percent of the gym, of gym goers are trying to do one of those things especially if we add in secondary goals and things like that. So I wanted to see what your guys' opinion is on if I came to you, let's, let's do an example, and I said, I don't care about anything apart from getting more muscle. And if I came to you and I said, I don't care about anything apart from getting stronger, what would you guys do differently? Are there any, are there any kind of fundamental concepts you would look into? So I'll, I'll start proceedings with something simple like um, rep ranges. What do you guys think about rep ranges? Do you think this is an important distinction for these goals? Do you think it's as important as people make it out? Do you think it's as cut and dry as that? Have you guys got any thoughts on it? So Fred, when you're talking about uh, training for strength here, you're talking about training for like max strength, like lifting heavy, right? Apologies, yeah. So we're, so let, let's call okay. it a one rep max, yeah. Okay, got it. Yeah. Well, at least with um, NASM, which is the personal training certification that I have and a lot of other people have as well, they do um, teach you about these different sort of phases and steps and exercise. So there's a certain specific rep range that you would use for hypertrophy training and then a different rep range that you would use for like max strength training, right? So just going off rep ranges alone, I would definitely be having my clients working at heavier weights that they can't do for as many reps, maybe like five reps max versus hypertrophy, which would be more eight to 12 or so. Eight to 12. Yeah. I hear you on that, Dan. And actually I think everyone on the episode today is NASM certified. Is that right? I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm not NASM certified. I did my corrective exercise with them, but I did, oh, um, there you go. I did one in okay. England a few years before, uh, before that. Gotcha. Yeah. So I've heard, and Hey, this, Hey, I'm always open to learning more. I heard that hypertrophy is more of, yeah, the 12 to 20 rep range. Is that what you guys have seen in your experience as well? So my experience would agree with that. However, I think it's important to note, and this isn't contradicting you, but just important to note for people listening, doing, doing one, doing one reppers will build muscle and doing 20 reppers will build strength. It's just about getting the most efficient uh, tool for the job. 
Um, Absolutely. I, I think there's there's something to be said for people doing multiple rep ranges. I do multiple rep ranges and I get my clients to do multiple rep ranges. However, there is a reality here where, where certain things are better for certain things. Uh, I think I think like like Dan was saying, we can we can do a couple of simplifications. For example, if you want to train for a one rep max, you need to be doing stuff that's that's in that zone, that like plus 90% plus intensity zone, if you want to optimally train that. Um, but th so there's so there's other things. For example, um, if you're if you're trying to build strength, you're not necessarily going to go through the full range of motion, let's say. So for, for hypertrophy, one of, one of the key principles of hypertrophy for me and the way I view it is range of motion. Whereas strength, it's kind of like a different paradigm there because you only really want to train the range of motion that's useful for, for, that, um, for that lift. And, and especially if you're lagging at a certain point in the lift, then you want to train just that range of motion. Whereas most of the research on hypertrophy shows um, the, the larger the range of motion, the better on the whole. Yeah. I, so what you're saying is so I, cause I'm thinking the, the first exercise that came to mind are actually bicep curls. So what you're saying is that someone just strictly looking for maximum strength with bicep curls might be the dudes we see in the gym, you know, with the heavy barbells and they're really almost kind of going a half range. They're not, they're not letting their, the barbell go all the way down and then all the way up. They're kind of starting from three quarters of the way down or about halfway down. And then they're lifting that up as opposed to maybe doing incline bicep curls on a bench mm. where you're really, that dumbbell is all the way down there. And then you really get that full length of the bicep muscle with, you know, because you're on the incline yeah. and you curl from all the way at the bottom to all the way at the top and then back again. Definitely, like that's definitely true. Um, I guess the way that I was saying it, I should have been a bit more clear. It's like the exercise selection would change as well to allow for exercises that build that go through that whole range of motion. So I guess I guess that is what you were saying, um, actually, because you change the exercise from like standing bicep curl, let's say, to the seated one. Um, so actually, actually, that is exactly what you said. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. Daniel, what are you, uh, what are you, what's your experience with helping clients with hypertrophy? Um, so it's actually really interesting. I did a, um, I think it was actually a free um, module through NASM like several months ago, maybe like six months ago or something like that. And it was on exercise induced hypertrophy. And I actually pulled it up um, because they talked about three mechanisms um, in the body whereby the body body learns to you know, build the muscle and it's uh mechanical no, 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 don't tension. Say, see if you can guess see if you can guess oh okay we'll try to guess i already said one so maybe you didn't hear I, it was but, that yeah there's the three I was, three I was gonna go a different way i was three gonna say progressive overload i was gonna say um, progressive it, overload it's it's actually something more like scientific than okay, yeah. that it's yeah, like the yeah. specific stimulus that the body is getting um right, so progressive right. overload is definitely important but i think that's important for like any sort of training, right? Whether you're oh, doing sure. like stabilization mm, or hypertrophy yeah, yeah. or something. So, so well, yeah. So I'll give you the first one. Mechanism. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, so, yeah, so I'll give you the first one. Yeah, which is mechanical tension. So this is, you know, actually the weight of what you're going to lift, which I think is what Fred is talking about right here, right? If you want to lift for max strength, you have to actually have that amount of tension. Like you want to be able to deadlift your body weight. Well, you need to start working at weights that are getting closer and closer to your body weight, right? There's no 
amount of weight training at 20 pounds or something like that, that will ever get you to a place that you'll be able to deadlift your, your body weight, right? If you're never really practicing at something heavier. So that's, that's the first one. I don't know if you all can guess the two other ones, but they're pretty interesting. No, go, go, uh, go list them out. I think my, my head's no, this, on the wrong, on the wrong. Track. Yeah. Well, the second one here is muscle damage. So I, Fred, mm -hmm. I think this also goes to a little what you're talking about with the range of motion, right? So if you're working in a greater range of motion, there's more capacity for that muscle damage to happen on a micro scale, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe that's kind of what you're getting at or, or um, yeah. I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong. And, and yeah. that'll be, it'll, it's also, um, so I'm kind, of, I'm kind of jumping down a little bit, but this is to mm -hmm. do with it. Um, the eccentric portion of the lift yes. builds a lot more muscle. Um, totally. So Totally, so totally. In terms of damage, that's that's how it gets. Uh, that's how most of it gets done, actually. Which yes, is one of, yeah, one of that's the key thing. One of the key differences, I think, with strength. Exactly and how it works. Whereas the strength training, a lot of times your focus on is on the concentric phase, yeah. right? It's the actual lift, and less about that lowering where you're building that hypertrophy. So Absolutely. super cool. Yeah. Yeah. This. Our, yeah. This. No, I just wanted to say that that mm -hmm. this really, um, yeah, just reminds me of something I tell my clients a lot which I'm sure you do too, but, you know, especially since I work with a lot of beginners, you know, I am constantly trying to remind them we are controlling the movement on the way up and on the way down. And, you know, and I, I always demonstrate, especially when we're doing something new, it's like, okay, if you focus on getting that up, like I said, it, well, again, we'll go back to bicep curls. You know, you, you work really hard to, let's say even you're doing the incline bicep curls. So you're really working that full length of the bicep muscle. Great. You do all that hard work to get those dumbbells up. You don't just let it drop. You know, you're leaving, you're leaving half of those gains on the table. So it's control it on the way up and control it on the way down. You know, we're not using any momentum or gravity to help us because you will not see the full benefit of that movement. So it just made me think of that, Daniel. But yes, continue. Totally, totally, yeah. Okay, and the last one here is uh, metabolic stress. So this is getting at that, you know, that burning feeling that you're starting to have when you're doing like maybe a really high rep range sort of set for an exercise. Um, so it's the actual like metabolites that are building up in the muscle, which is also super interesting. So Brett, I think you were kind of talking um, before with like the rep ranges about, um, what were you saying about trying to get the best of both worlds between like lifting heavy and doing the higher rep range? Were you saying something like that? Yeah, so I was, well, I was actually, I was warning against it. Um, and I was saying oh, okay. actually at some point you do have to pick like, you know, imagine if, if you really did do you say you do 20 sets a week and you just do, you always like roll a dice between like one and 20, like it'd just be silly. Um, oh, got so, it, got so, it. So you kind of, even though you can just go kind of bang in the middle of, of like humanity's best predictions for strength and size, um, at some point, like if you, if you do want to be biased towards one or the other, which I think everybody probably is to some extent, um, then you do have to kind of pick a side of the fence to some extent, yeah. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Even though, you know, I will say though, so I know that Fred, you mentioned earlier that the rep range in your experience kind of just depends that yes, I know Nazem tells us, okay, maximum strength, you know, rep range is what three to five or three to eight, you know, yeah. endurance is eight to 12 and hypertrophy is what 12 to 20 ish. Nazem don't at me if that's totally wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, 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 but, 
Uh, but no, but what I want to say though, too, is that for anyone listening, especially if you are looking to get into strength training. So if you have never picked up a dumbbell before, or you are new to this, from what I have seen, not only in my personal experience, but also working with a lot of people who are beginners, if you're starting from scratch and you're new to this, you're, you're going to build muscle in yeah. the beginning Hell yeah. and no matter what you're doing, yeah. which to Definitely. me, which to me, I think that's, that's really encouraging. Yeah. You know, I, I love it when I can help point out to my clients, you know, who are new, we've, we've been working together for two or three months and I can say, have you seen your biceps lately? They're really popping out. Have you seen those? And I'm like, here, flex for me real quick. See, look, look at that, you know, and we're not, we're not necessarily training for hypertrophy. You know, we're still in the stabilization phase. We're getting more into the, more into endurance and stamina, but so you can, in a way, if you're starting from nothing, you can, you can see those muscles build, you know, in the beginning. Definitely. At the beginning, Um, it's actually kind of less important in, in terms of like getting these things really precise. Because your body's going to grow anyway. Your body's your body's going to adapt really well to almost any stimulus that isn't like you know just walking. Right. Yep. Yep. But what I was going to say with these uh, three mechanisms, right—the mechanical tension, the muscle damage, and the metabolic stress—is at least my understanding is this is kind of how these um, rep ranges people came up with these, right? Because if you think kind of an eight to 12 rep range is a hypertrophy thing, it's a great balance between the metabolic stress you would get doing some sort of exercise for maybe 20, 25 reps, right? But also getting the sort of mechanical tension, which would be maximized at your really low rep ranges, right? So it's about, right, you do that eight to 12, you're getting the best of those both worlds for building muscle. Again, doesn't mean you're not gonna build muscle, at the 25 rep range, right? You're also going to build it at that three rep range. Yeah. But you strike this really nice balance in the middle. Yeah. And the muscle damage, that last one, that's totally what Fred was talking about, like range of motion. You have yeah. to work in fuller range of motions that you may not work in necessarily for certain strength training exercises, mm-hmm. max strength training exercises. Yeah. Oh, I had something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so with some exercises, I mean, the, the, the reason, I mean, uh, nobody ever said it's like it's like the be all end all, but sometimes when people take rep ranges too seriously, I like to um, I like to think about uh, certain exercises where. Okay, let me let me do an example. Have you guys heard of um, they're called six ways, made popular by John Meadows, the late John Meadows, who just died really quickly. I'm not sure he must be must have been a bodybuilder or a powerlifter. Point is, you've got dumbbells right here, lateral raise out, just punch the mirror on this side, um, and then you go like this. And then you go like this, like this, like this, like this. Um, and basically each rep takes, uh, so it's six portions to each rep instead of like two portions, if that makes sense. You do five reps of that. And that is the equivalent of like a freaking 15 rep set on a lot of other exercises. So it would be interesting to know, given, given like all the, for example, the things you, those three things you were saying, Daniel, It'd be interesting to see how time under tension affects each one of those. I think that'd be a really like deep scientific thing you'd go into with it. Okay. Well, time under tension, then our tempo sets better yeah. for building muscle. So, so that would, so for, so for those, yeah. Question. So for, th- so for those of you who are listening, who may not be familiar with that. So a tempo set would be you might let's say for a bench press tempo bench press you know you got the barbell you push it up for one and then two 
three, four on the way down. Bring it down, yeah. And then push it up. And so that brings it back to that eccentric motion or the lowering portion, at least for when we're talking about uh, bench presses, you know, the eccentric motion would be the lowering of the barbell back down to your chest. So if time under tension is a big component of hypertrophy, then would tempo reps be more beneficial or what, what are your thoughts on that Fred and Daniel? Yeah, totally. if, if it's, if, if it was, if it's compared like for like, you're doing a set of 10 reps and you're doing, um, and one, one time they say, I'll do it as do it however you like. And one time they say, do it like, um, what would you call it? Like four, one, zero is, is how they say it. So it's like the eccentric, the pause at the bottom, and then the concentric, the, the actual bench push up. So people would say like four, one, oh, I think that's got to be loads better. But funnily enough, I've also been looking at speed work. So speed work is kind of a whole different beast that, that kind of cracks this can wide open because you can't do speed work with the same weight that you were doing your normal work with. Because by definition, if you're trying to push it loads faster, like if you could do that with your normal workload, then it wouldn't be your workload, if that makes sense to you guys. Yeah. If, you were, if, if it was a, like a failure set, let's say for argument's sake. You couldn't do yeah. a speed set the same weight that you could do a normal set. Otherwise, the normal set would have been kind of too easy if it's supposed to be a failure set. Um, so I've been I've been seeing research that says doing some kind of like way submaximal speed work is actually really good for hypertrophy too. So that's funny because I think time under tension is is a quite or at least really prolonged eccentrics is something I would wager money on and have seen research on being really good for hypertrophy. But I've also seen some stuff about speed work, submaximal speed work. So I think that's quite interesting. So by speed work, just for those listening, um, I wanna clarify. So by mm. speed work, you means getting through that set of reps as fast as you can. Yes, but generally, so for example, what I've been looking at is some, some old stuff about how you just do like three reps. You do them as quickly as you can. Okay. But you do like six sets of them because it's not going to be too difficult because you're only doing three reps. And it but you know what? 70% yeah. of your usual. Fred, I think you're onto something here because I think that goes to what Daniel brought up, that metabolic fatigue or what, what, what was the phrase you used, Daniel? Metabolic stress. Metabolic stress. So going as fast as you can, you know, especially if it's at the right weight that's challenging enough would probably bring on that metabolic stress or at least that muscle fatigue just as much as taking your time, you know, and certainly I wouldn't think that speed sets would be something you would do on a regular basis, but, you know, switching it up every once in a while could be interesting. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's interesting because, because like we we're saying, eccentric, the research is all there, but I have seen some stuff on speed work as well, but I think, yeah. I think eccentric would be what I would, what I would wager my money on uh, to be yeah. objectively the best from what I've seen. Speed work just, make, just makes me think of, I know I always have the stories uh, whenever we record. It just makes me think of um, the dudes I see at the YMC and it's always dudes. I'm sorry. If I ever see a woman doing this, I will totally, I will totally bring that story to an, another episode. I'm sorry. It's always dudes. <laughs> it's, what was it? Sometimes I see these dudes standing in front of the mirror and, you know, and they're doing bicep, like cross bicep curls as fast as they can. Right. And they're going like, and this one time, this guy, so he was doing these like cross bicep curls as fast as he could. And he was like grunting and not just like a little grunting, 
but like he's standing in front of the mirror you get a cross bicep curls as fast as he can he's alternating and he's just going huh, 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 huh. <laughs> and I'm like so I guess now we could say he was doing a speed set because that was I mean I mean he okay I will say he was loud I could hear him through my my earbuds and I was I was actually really annoyed I was like buddy we get it you're really strong you're trying to let everyone know how strong you hey, are everybody buddy. knows it's good luck for 10 years when a guy like that comes in the gym oh my god yeah, yeah please no, if anybody luck. it's like uh, the opposite of that you walked under a ladder or something yeah listen <laughs> you've been blessed to anyone listening and yeah I, we do have it in the works we will have a whole episode just about gym etiquette I'll just give you a, just a, a little teaser for that. Please don't do that. <laughs> Please don't ever do <laughs> Listen, we all make noises in the gym sometimes. If it's a really heavy weight and you're really working hard to pull it or push it, sometimes, you know, you're going to, you're going to grunt. No one, no one's mad about that. We all get it. When it's continuous grunting for like 10 minutes and it's loud, <laughs> that's, I'm going to go ahead and take a hard stance that that is too much. That's excessive. Please be quiet. Please be quiet. <laughs> Um, oh, Fred, though, what I was going to say with speed training, I think it, um, I think it still might come down to maybe a mechanical tension type of thing on why like speed training would work for hypertrophy, because I, I think really what's going on there, it's just about the number of muscle fibers you're actually activating, right? Because you have the slow twitch muscle fibers and you also have the fast twitch muscle fibers, right? So if you're always working at kind of slow and maybe not so heavy weights, right, relative to your strength, you're never really gonna be accessing those fast twitch muscle fibers, right? Or at least you're not yeah. optimizing that activation, right? So this is part of the reason too, like if you're training for max strength and say you just don't have like really heavy weights available, you can actually do some sort of speed training and still activate those muscle fibers. So I think that's kind of what it's coming down to. Yes, yes, because it's because it's power, right? It's like it's yes. like uh, uh, I'm going to get this wrong, but it's like mass mass times speed. But I think that's, I think I may have worded that poorly. But hopefully the listeners work uh, over time. I mean. Work over time. Yeah, yeah. Power. Yeah. Yeah. So mm -hmm. so that's that's a really good reason for it. Um, yeah, and I bet I bet there's also something to be said for yeah maximizing the the um like when you're using the stretch reflex and when you're when you're changing direction i bet like the, right. the speedier version of that i bet causes adaptations as well Although I guess absolutely that's absolutely yeah, yeah 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 and also something else i don't know if any of you have ever used this method with your clients but there's a whole um philosophy behind super slow training where you're doing like 20 counts or something for an eccentric phase of an exercise i don't know if you all have ever tried that 20 no. talk to you about that I've done, it's really I've done, long i've uh -huh. done up to 10 but even above five i'll have only done like once so think. yeah <laughs> yeah i mean i don't want anyone to quote me on this because i think it's like a specific method or something but yeah mm. you like you pick an exercise maybe you do the leg press or something and you might do as little as i kid you not one rep of this thing but you do mm. the eccentric phase so slowly that your muscles are just screaming out to you at the end and then you put it away. You move on to something else. Let's try a bench press next. That is fascinating to me. That's really mm -hmm. fascinating, especially mm -hmm. that one rep. Because I, uh, yeah, there's there's this thing um, in in a gym I, I uh, used to be part of. Like a couple of people who I'd see there. I get we'll, we'll call them friends. I, I mean, you know, gym friends. Yeah. And we used to joke about how at the top of a um, of like a jerk or or like you know mm -hmm. when you when you've got when you've got the bar above your head, 
you can you can pinch you can pinch a negative at a weight that you wouldn't be able to shoulder press. So it's kind of like doing that. You're just doing that with one negative with a really yes, high weight. Except yes. you do it as slow as you can. Try it sometime. That'll that'll be your all's task for this week. That, that is a fun task. That program. is a really Good. fun task. Who can do the I, slowest eccentric like yeah. chin up? Oh no yeah. thanks. <laughs> yeah. No yeah. thanks. I tried it. It's, it's not for me. I thought it was too boring, but um, I was very, very, very sore after trying it one time, for sure. It definitely works. And how many reps did you do, out of curiosity? Do you remember? So I kind of did... So I kind of did my own little thing. I mean, I did like a regular rep range, but then I would keep a few reps in reserve and I would do them. I would do them pretty slowly, like maybe like a 15 count or something uh, like nice. that. So yeah, maybe yeah. not just one, but it's, it really, really, really makes the muscles burn for sure. So there, there you go. There's your metabolic stress. <laughs> I'm going to try that. I'm, I need to yeah, try, try it. That sounds fun. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually going to the gym right after this. So maybe I'll have to, I'll have to try yeah, hit, I think I like Daniel's Daniel's way of doing it. The last last rep or two or three. Mm-hmm, okay, mm-hmm. well then here. So yeah. then, okay. So maybe let's wrap it up with one final question. I want to know, because honestly, this is a question I get a lot um, from both my male clients and some of my female clients. Um, a lot of people like having more defined arms or they want their biceps to pop out or their triceps to pop out. So if you have someone who wants to have wants their arms to look more muscular what are some of your go-to exercises and rep ranges and i and i know that might depend right but generally so if someone's like i want my arms to look more muscular because that that's pretty common um i know and listen i know a lot of y'all are interested in growing your booty trust me that is coming we're doing a whole episode (laughs) just about the booty it is not, it is not the booty time yet. That is, that is coming up. So, but arms, <laughs> so what are your thoughts? On okay. Arms? Let me, let me, uh, let me give you my favorite tricep exercise. Incline skull crushers with a, with an easy bar or like a zigzag bar. Oh, okay. uh, it's actually my favorite tricep exercise, um, especially for people who have been lifting a while and they're not happy with their triceps. I find that, that they really like this. And especially when you explain to them, it hits the long head of the triceps much better than a lot of the other tricep exercises. The overhead ones hit it quite well. Um, but yeah, so lying down on a bench, uh, incline, just like a little bit of an incline, and then really nice and controlled, down like that, up like that. Nothing moves above the, uh, in fact, this probably isn't very great to listen to. Lying down on an incline bench, uh, arms, uh, like fists pointed towards the ceiling, holding an easy bar, like a zigzag bar, uh, EZ bar, um, and then, only moving from the elbow up you move right. your fist towards your head you do not crush your skull even though it's called skull crushers <laughs> do not crush your skull um, and um, then yeah really nice and controlled go back up uh, it's an absolute like doma even if you've been training triceps like properly like if you do this one really well your body will tell you about it so that's that's a fun little one yeah i'm gonna try those today yeah, sick. Let me know. Let me know how it goes. They're really good. So I've never been a fan of skull crushers, but I'm curious. I've always done it on a flat bench. What is the reasoning behind the little bit of incline? Yeah, so a little bit of incline increases the angle of shoulder uh, flexion. Um, okay. You can picture it. So instead of instead of your elbow, I'm trying to make this so you can actually listen to what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, so instead of your elbow being like 
uh, in line with your shoulder, your, uh, oh, sorry, no, but it's the angle of your arm. Basically the angle of your arm, instead of it being perpendicular to your body, the angle is a bit more than 90 degrees. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, yeah. That, is, that is correct the way I said that. So you're hitting the long head of the triceps a little bit better. Okay. But the triceps are do shoulder extension though. So won't, won't they be stretched out even more? They'll be, yeah, they'll probably be more stretched out. Yeah. Huh. So how would it hit it more? It hits the long head more. I'm not exactly sure on the mechanism, but having, having your elbow, your shoulder more flexed uh, in that position means you hit the long head of the triceps better. I can't actually okay. explain it to you better than that, so I'm not sure. So um, what do you think about just doing the tricep extensions like in an upright position? Standing, standing. or seated. Mm -hmm. Yep, and then just lowering. My issue Coming with standing up. is that you're not stable enough to get full force output, and it becomes this like almost full uh, body one. Maybe uh, there's ways you could set it up, but I never see people set it up like this, but maybe there's ways that you could be in a more stable position because actually that's okay. a fun little additional thing for hypertrophy. You want to be in stable positions to get maximum hypertrophy. Uh, that, that's at least the way I see it. You want to be in stable positions, whereas building strength, you don't have the, the luxury of doing that because you're trying to overcome less stable positions, if that makes sense. At least in yeah. traditional strength training. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, sorry, did that answer your question? I'm not sure if I did. I accidentally sidestep it, or no, it did. It it did. This is this is one of these great uh, debate things that that Lindsay is trying to push for us. So I've <laughs> I've I've advised against the skull crushers in the past because I like like the like a cable tricep rope pull down or something instead mm -hmm. because now I can get my arm in this sort of extended position, right, where the tricep mm -hmm. is already partially going to be. Um, contracted, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm getting contraction yeah. through the elbow. And then if I also pull my arm back a little farther, I'm getting an extra bit of contraction right here. So my issue with the skull crushers was always, well, you're already stretching out the tricep attachment at the shoulder. And then you're really just focusing more on the attachment at the elbow. Um, and maybe you're not maximizing tricep work. So, so that's I would be doing, no, yeah, no, love it. <laughs> I would be doing, so I wouldn't just be doing the one exercise. I'd be doing okay. the, the incline skull crushers, or I even do do this, incline skull crushers, and then um, doing like a traditional, like maybe tricep pull downs. If, if I was going to do three at the moment, I'm not saying these are the absolute be all end all three, but if I was going to do three, it'd be narrow grip bench, then it'd be incline skull crushers, and then it would be a more <laughs> traditional one like cable pushdowns where you can really take, take it to failure with almost no risk. Mm -hmm. um, but as far as I know um, from, from researching, incline skull crushes hit, or, or let's, let's uh, simplify it to the actual kind of issue that we're, we may be having here. Having, having that more flexed shoulder position hits the longer yeah. of the triceps, whereas having your elbow down by your side doesn't hit them as well. That's as okay. far as the research I read. But after this conversation, I will look it up, but I will stand by it. <laughs> so now I will stand by it. <laughs> no, no, I'm very like kinesthetic mm -hmm. learner too. I'm like gonna try the skull crusher slightly inclined and then compare like flat. And yeah, see, like, yeah, yeah. What's the difference there? I'll definitely try it out. Yeah, definitely try it out. Yeah, try it out. Because I'd love to hear about it because it's one of my, it's, you know, it's, it's my favorite. It's my favorite. Uh, yeah, exercise. totally. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Well, for anybody listening, yeah, I hope this goes to show you that, you know, this is definitely not a one size fits all type situation. And 
you know, one exercise on its own isn't going to grow your triceps. You know, it's not like these incline skull crushers are magical and that this is the one thing that you're missing in your workout, right? This oh, is it true. is. It is like that. Oh, no, it is. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. So, so it, so it sounds like we're at a consensus then. So if someone is specifically interested in growing their triceps, which is very specific, um, that yeah, something like a, an incline skull crushers with an easy bar, and then a narrow grip bench. Would you also say maybe even like narrow push-ups would do something similar? Yeah, that definitely then, do something similar. Yeah. So then, yeah, either so basically a narrow grip pressing movement, either with with a bench or a, a press up push up, um, and then utilizing the cable machine for a, a cable tricep move. So it's like tricep pull downs with a rope, or honestly, my personal tricep favorite with on the cable machine, and again. For anybody listening, it's very frustrating. You can have one exercise. It's called five different things. I call them, so if you guys don't call them this, that's fine. I call them cable side presses. So it's where you uh, you grab the cable machine. So you, you don't put anything on it. You just grab the little hook thingy and you the arm that's furthest away from the cable, the little cable hook thing. I know I'm being very technical, right? Uh, you're going to go ahead and grab it down. So basically you're going to cross grab it, start with your, your elbow at about a 90 degree angle. And then you press, you pull the cable down until your arm is straight. So you start with your elbow at about 90 degrees. You pull that down until your elbow, your arm is fully straight. Your elbow's locked in. You feel that squeeze in your tricep and then you go back up. So and it's, you it's kind of similar to the rope ones, but you've got a very, you've just got a very like forced uh, sideways angle on it. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And you mm -hmm. work one side at a time. And what I found with those is you don't need a lot of weight and you want it to feel pretty easy in the beginning. Like it's going to feel easy. The first couple reps, you're going to be like, oh my God, I could do this all day. This is easy. I need more weight. And I usually do those. So talking about rep ranges, I usually stick to about the 12 to 15 rep range on those, because once you get to like 10, 11, 12, you're really struggling to pull that down. And then you're like, what's wrong with me? This was easy in the beginning. And now I can barely get it down. Um, so yeah, th those have been my favorite lately. Um, I've been doing nice. those. And what I like about those two is, so when the standing, basically any standing exercise that we know, it also activates your abdominals as well, activates that core. So I know, especially with those cable, the one-sided cable side presses gets your tricep, but also activates those abdominals. So at the end, you're really feeling those in your core as well to keep yourself nice and stable and upright. So I know when I do these, when I incorporate these into my, into my programming, my core is so, like my abdominals are sore the next day and I didn't nice. do a single crunch. Yeah. So. It's like a two birds with one stone type. Uh, type oh, absolutely. Cool. And if any of my clients are listening, clients especially, yeah. yeah, if any of my mm -hmm. clients are listening, you guys know, I say this literally every day, multiple times a day, probably annoys the crap out of all of you. But, um, I always say we work smarter, not harder. And we work our core in sneaky ways. Because no one, you know, not many people like to just sit on, lay on the ground for 30 minutes and do abdominal work, right? So we, mm. we sprinkle it in, in sneaky ways. So mm. those cable, single arm, cable, tricep side presses are one of my favorite ways to get that core work in without having to do crunches because crunches are boring. <laughs> so 
All right, so we will put some of these uh, gems that we've talked about in the Instagram captions just for your reference so you don't have to worry about taking notes. Um, but yeah, I think any other last thoughts about hypertrophy or anything else that we didn't didn't cover? Eat. Eat, <laughs> Eat what specifically? Eat calories. <laughs> just calories? I, I mean, uh, If you're starting protein? off, you don't need to worry too much about that. But I'm very much in the camp of if you've been doing this a while um, and you're not seeing much growth, it might be time to stop trying to do the recomp thing where you never put on a, 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 a shred of body fat and, and really give your body the fuel it needs to grow because that is one of the key things. Eat, sleep, train. Eat, sleep, train. Absolutely. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, is it in your experience, do those, those extra calories need to mostly come from protein? No, no, I'd say... Well, yeah, I, the way that I view it, to, to do this very simply, as long as you've got enough protein and fat, more of it's probably not going to help. More carbs, I think, is good. Whatever digests easily, it's, it's really just the calories. So if your body's got an excess amount of energy, assuming it's got enough of the protein, it's got enough of the fat, I don't think it matters too much where it comes from. It can come from carbs. Nice. Well, yeah. you guys, you guys heard it, heard it from us right here. <laughs> Eat lots of carbs, <laughs> lots and lots of carbs. Uh, okay. Awesome. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us this week. Thank you so much for listening and we will be back next week with another fun topic. So thanks a lot for sticking with us. Nice. Yeah. Talk Thank to you. Guys you. Next week. Yeah. Awesome.